0: Good evening, world. This is the podcast, Sassafrass, and your hostess Laura Cattell, coming to you much earlier than previous days, and I'm much more alert and refreshed and, well, here, present. Okay, so yesterday, and a couple days previously, we were going over Mike Dooley's matrix of manifestation, basically. He came up with his own matrix, the diagram of which is on page 78, and... First he explained The Matrix, and then yesterday we went over him explaining how to play The Matrix. And it really doesn't work without the diagram. I highly encourage you to get the book um, so that you can see it for yourself, and then you can go over it as you need to. It's a fascinating concept. I agree with what he's saying, It takes it's a little bit tricky to understand it at first. But then as you read what he's, you know, explaining, and then you go back and you look at the diagram, you kind of flip back and forth, and you're like, oh, okay, this is starting to make sense. So today we're going to pick up where we left off yesterday, which is old school. We're still not done describing how to play The Matrix. we just just getting really, really long. So, um, one of the uh, highlights yesterday was trying to manifest a specific person that's always been, um people's number one, like, glitch, catch, crutch, whatever you want to call it, when it comes to manifesting. Like, oh, I want this specific person, or I want that specific person, or I'd love to be, you know, in a relationship with that person. One, you're also competing with, let's say, you know, you're infatuated with a star. Now you're competing with the other millions of people that also are trying to manifest the exact same thing. Oh my god, he's so dreamy. Uh, Yeah, you're having that exact same thought with so many other people. But second, and more importantly, is because they are also a conscious manifester, and they create their own story and their own life. You might jive with them a little bit, your paths might cross, but you won't necessarily manifest them into your life. They're not a, a thing. They're a conscious-creating person. Therefore, they are allowed and well within their rights to consciously create on their end. That that may or may not involve you. Okay? I mean, there's a couple different reasons why, but those are like the two top ones. Why it's so difficult to manifest a specific person. Harmony, love, peace, fitness, health, all those things, sure, no problem, whatever. But specific, like I want that specific job, that that specific title. I want that specific person. I want that specific, you know, um, house. Sometimes that does work. Like in a vision board, uh, we went over John Asaraf when he created the vision boards. He ended up in the house he really wanted, but it took five years and three moves to get to the house he really wanted. He didn't even realize that he had bought the very one on his vision board. So it's not impossible. Okay? It's not impossible. They just end up being trickier and they take longer. But people, specifically people, you're trying to manifest another conscious creator into your manifestation. Alright? It creates a paradox. They clash. So we went over that mostly specifically yesterday, and I just wanted to re-emphasize that. So we're picking up with old school today, and before, of course, I get any further, my shout-out to the restaurant industry, my guys and gals out there in food land, thank you so much for what you do. May your work be fulfilling. May your hands be full. May you have work to do. And if you're not, and you're struggling, and you're frustrated, and you're feeling overwhelmed, I beg of you, take a break. Take a breath, take a walk, take a bath, take a shower. I don't care what you do, but please don't make a decision you can't take back. You are valuable, you are worthy, you are worthwhile, you deserve to be here. Your worth is not determined by the amount of money in your bank account. Please don't quit. Please, please don't quit. Okay, so, excuse me, alright, again with, I'm going to go back to Matrix real quick, when he's sitting here talking about flowing from left to right instead of right to left, again, this is where having the diagram would be helpful, so if it sounds a little off, I highly suggest you either go Google Mike Dooley's Matrix or buy the book yourself. So, old school. Where do you think most people begin playing the matrix when it comes to manifesting change in their life? Yep, on the right-hand side. Which is the specific person, specific event, specific... more specificity. In fact, in most cases, people begin playing the matrix in the last column on the right-hand side. Physical, type three. And their entire life approach to manifesting change begins with trying to change other people. Every hope they have is hinged on someone else's behavior because they think that if everyone else changes, then their life is going to blast off. Then they're going to find the right job, the right investments, and the right circumstances. Everything will be easier. At home and at work, they'll fall into abundance. And ultimately, they'll be happy. But the matrix does not flow from right to left. Things do not become thoughts thoughts become things. These people have got the entire equation backwards, which I'm going to insert here. We usually define our reality by our physical senses, so, and again I must stress, people think they know what they want. Most often they don't really. Because they've, again, like he just said, they've attached their happiness outcome to the behavior of someone else. To, oh, I'll be happy when I get this, or I'll be peaceful when this happens, or I'll be abundant when this happens. That is not how it works. But to the physical senses, that's exactly how it works. Okay, so back to the book, sorry. It's like putting all of your eggs in one basket, except it's worse. The basket doesn't even belong to you. Not only are you very unlikely to meet with any consistent success, but even if you do convince others to behave as you wish, it'll do nothing for you on the left side of the matrix. It will not ensure your happiness, fulfillment, confidence, or anything else. So what if Rocco starts sending you flowers more often? What's that going to do for your health, your career, your clarity, your appearance, or your overall life happiness? Nothing! And what happens, most people assume that once they have this, then, oh, once I have that, I will be happy. You have heard this constantly from gurus. Be happy first, and other things will fall in line. Okay? All right, you might even get your employer to give you a raise. But if you haven't been focusing on abundance or happiness, it's very likely that the raise will come in one door and go straight out the other. Coincidentally, the car will need a repair, the roof will start leaking, or your rent will increase. We've all had that happen, right? String of bad luck, it always will. So, grasping that there's a flow to the Matrix is all-important. That's why in the very bottom row to the left it says, Circumstances, the universe manages. Which means that when you start playing the Matrix on the left-hand side, The universe manages the circumstances, or the hows, that will bring about the manifestation. Everything to the right of your choice that is necessary for its manifestation will be arranged for you in the most harmonious way possible, and you'll finally witness just how powerful you truly are. Whereas if you start on the right side of the matrix, In order to manifest major life changes, the bottom row says, Cursed Howls. All on you! This means you're setting out to create change by beginning with the illusions because you mistakenly think that by physically rearranging the props on your stage, you'll eventually achieve greater and greater objectives and ultimately generate happiness. Yet any success achieved this way will only ever be fleeting. Alright, so back to the matrix again. So you've got six columns on the bottom of this matrix. Three to the left, three to the right. The three to the right, the farther right you go, is the less you're giving the universe a chance to arrange things for you. The farther left that you go, or excuse me, the farther left you go to start with as your end result, is the more you're giving over to the universe to arrange things for you. And the very farthest left column is simply happiness. Right? You're telling the universe, I want to be happy. You cannot simultaneously be happy and also broke, sick, and lonely. Those two cannot exist in the same energetic space. So when you start with happiness, you're giving the universe free latitude to shower you with all the amazing, incomparable things that you could possibly imagine that you can't imagine. Coincidentally, the next little bit to this is The Matrix versus Conventional Wisdom, Vision Boards, and Scrapbooks. Terribly sorry if I got off track there for a tad second. I had to sneeze. And then someone asked me a question and I forgot where I was. I know generally where I was, so we'll go from there. So, alright. Okay. The farther left you go, the easier it is because the universe takes care of all the algorithmic stuff. The farther right you go is the more you're constricting the universe and its ability to manifest the things that you truly want versus the things you think you want. Okay, so Matrix versus Conventional Wisdom, ironically enough, vision boards and scrapbooks. As I mentioned, or excuse me, as mentioned, I've already delivered this material all over the world, so I well understand how much of it may seem to contradict the commonly accepted ideas already associated with deliberately manifesting change. A lady in Texas asked, Mike at home I have a vision board filled with pictures of things you'd find in the right three columns of your matrix. Am I playing the matrix backwards? Not necessarily. I have a vision board at home too and for 20 years I worked with scrapbooks. Both are essentially places to paste pictures and quotes that inspire me and help me to think thoughts of my dreamed of life. They're fabulous tools. So I'm going to pause right here. Okay. When we went over the playing the matrix the first time, basically what it said is you can go ahead and try and manifest these things. There's nothing wrong with trying to manifest these things. Your success at manifesting them, however, greatly depends on what side you're starting at, left or right. It flows from the left to the right. The farther left that you start, the easier it is. It does not flow from the right to the left. Because the farther left that you start... Excuse me. The farther left that you start is where you're letting them the universe take care of as many of the houses as you possibly can. When you start from the right, you're not leaving the universe any wiggle room. God, I wish I could show you the the thing, but, okay. While I'm sitting here reading this, I'm sitting here having probably the same internal conversation that you are. It's like, okay, so if I start from the left, but then what about a vision board? That specific place and thing, that specific home, or, as he just said, it could be inspirational and whatnot to get you in the positive state of mind and thinking of the things that get you on the right track. So for him to sit here and say both scrapbooking and vision boards are fabulous tools, please take that to heart. No, you're not doing it wrong, quote-unquote. There isn't, there isn't really a wrong. It's consistency. How consistent do you want to be? Okay. There's nothing wrong with wanting to, you know, meet that star or have a conversation with them. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with wanting to be that person's friend based on whatever uh, public persona that they have out there. Something attracted you to them. All right. There's nothing wrong with wanting that. That's human. But you're not giving the universe the most space. To help you out. I know that probably doesn't make a lick of sense. I wish I could explain it better. Alright, so back to Fabulous Tools. Okay, so the great usefulness of vision boards and/or scrapbooks comes from how you view what you're looking at. If you see the pictures as the be-all and end-all of your happiness, if you are attached to the things pictured. Wanting exactly that car or that specific home on a cliff, then you're messing with the cursed house. Attachment to the details is what creates problems. And I'm going to insert again here. We had this discussion before, right? Use that to get yourself in a state of excited anticipation. Would you seriously be upset if instead of the red Ferrari, you got a yellow Lamborghini? I highly doubt that you'd be very upset. Or, instead of the red Ferrari, you got a Porsche Cayenne. Maybe you're a mom, and you're looking at that red sports car. I'm just postulating here. Let's say you're a mom, and you're looking at that red Ferrari like,
1: Oh, yeah, I want that red Ferrari.
0: And instead, for some reason, you win a Porsche Cayenne in, like, an Omaze or uh, some other type of... Um, drawing or lottery or whatever, right? A Porsche Cayenne is the SUV version of a Porsche. It has all the bells and whistles and all the luxuries that you could want, with the speed and handling of a Porsche. I don't think too many people would be very upset. That's still a multi- that's still a hundred thousand dollar car, right? When you give the universe latitude to give you what you really want instead of what you think you want, you end up being happier. Because what you're actually getting is the stuff that actually makes you happy inside. Alright? For all you know, you could open up that Porsche Cayenne and it has all the bells and whistles you've ever wanted in something and you didn't think that you could have it. But because you were focusing on the Fred Ferrari... You are putting yourself in that state. Same thing with the house on a cliff. All right, John Asaroff put that on a vision board. I'm not necessarily sure that that's the house he was after. That that's the house he ended up in, because he would sit there and he would stare at the house and he would imagine himself walking the wall, walking the halls, and going through the kitchen and the bedrooms and the bathrooms, and he would do that himself, staring at that vision board. And then he ended up moving into it five years later, but after three moves. Okay? Do you think he felt distressed when the first move to the his immediate next house was not the one that was on his vision board? Or even the second? Or the third? Things to ponder. Okay. However, I think we instinctively know not to use a vision board that way, that way being attached intrinsically to the things pictured. A vision board should be used to ramp up the energy and the excitement one feels about the bigger, grander life view that includes overall happiness, overall abundance, and overall harmony. The specifics on the vision board should not be all-important in themselves. They're just reminders of the fuller life you're really after. Trinkets, if you will, or the icing on a much bigger cake. If that's how you use your vision board or your scrapbook, then more power to you. You are not playing the Matrix incorrectly. Realize that nothing you could put on your vision board compares to the big picture of happiness. Not even any one of the Fantastic Five generalities. A new car, no matter how exotic, doesn't compare to possessing abundance. A mocked-up photo of you sitting with Oprah on her television show does not compare to having a rewarding, fulfilling career. A picture capturing a moment you shared with laughing and smiling people does not compare to having true solid friendships. These images pale in comparison to what they could and should imply as representations of your grander life. The grander life is what's of paramount importance. The subsequent details or consequences of possessing that grander life will take care of themselves and the right car, home, circle of friends, and career will show up as they are forced into place by the larger universal vision, coupled with the action you take in their direction. I'm not saying don't imagine the details. I'm saying do not attach to them. It's entirely how you view those images on your vision board or scrapbook that will determine whether or not you're properly playing the Matrix. And I do believe we are going to pause there because the next little uh, subsection is called Never Attached to the Outcome, and we will pick that up tomorrow. And I do believe tomorrow we'll go over another wonderful exercise as is such for this book and for Mike Dooley. Okay, so... I don't know about you, but that answered a very awesome question for me because I'm sitting here and I'm reading this guy's stuff, I'm like, okay, okay, yes, that makes sense, yes, that makes sense, but if that makes sense, then what about all these other people who have had successes doing their thing? Again, there's nothing wrong with wanting that specific house. Nothing wrong with it. Okay, that's the stuff that fuels your dreams. Ooh, I want that. Oh, no, I want that. Ooh, I want that. There's nothing wrong with that. You wouldn't be living in the apartment or house that you're living in if you hadn't wanted it first. You wouldn't be in the job that you have if you didn't want a paycheck or want money. You wouldn't be searching for a new career if you didn't want fulfilling work. Hey. Okay starts in the mind. A want is an internal desire. An internal desire is created by a thought. Ooh, I want that. That's a thought. That happens in your head. Whether it comes out your mouth and surprises other people that are around you, that's entirely optional. But it starts as a thought. Okay? Absolutely have vision boards. Put inspiring people on it. Put the house of your dreams, or one that you think is the house of your dreams, on it. But as Mike Dooley says um, in his most recent 21-day challenge, always leave yourself open for better. Yes, I'd love to have that star, but ooh, that one's even like hotter, and he's looking my way. Ooh. Or, yes, that's the house that I want, but hey, I'm being given the keys to this like new HGDV. Home makeover. That's a smart home. That's like literally right on a lake, and I just want it. And this is absolutely fascinating and fantastic. right. Maybe you want a more fulfilling career. That's fine, and you have something in mind. I want to go do that. And then while you're going and doing that, you are offered the job opportunity, or excuse me, a job opportunity, or like an internship or an apprenticeship. And you go there, and you fall in love with it. You wouldn't have had the introduction to that whatever thing if you hadn't gone to the other job first. If you hadn't done the other job first. All right, back to Mike Dooley's story. He went from his survival kits to e-cards to all sorts of things before he finally settled on the thing that he really did want. Game. Okay? Once you start twisting it around and looking at them all as learning experiences, keep your end result in mind. I want to travel. I want to have a fulfilling career. I want that... I want a big huge house. Alright, everyone has different ideas of what they want. There's always more than enough to go around. Don't think of it as selfish. It's not. Excuse me. The biggest lie that going around the world right now is that there is not enough. And people will parade images of horribly emaciated kids out of Africa to show you that there's not enough. And that's unfortunately a perversion and a lie because there is enough. And it's a perversion because those kids don't need to be hungry. They don't need to be suffering. There are plenty of billionaires around the world that could literally descend upon Africa and solve every single one of their humanitarian crises right now if they wanted to. They don't. All not necessarily because they're bad people, but because they're busy. Remember what I said? Are you truly sure that you want the million dollars? Are you truly sure you want to earn a million dollars a year? There's nothing wrong with it, but it requires out of you a different level of understanding. It's not just accept the check and go home and sit. Sorry. You have to learn investing, you have to learn stock markets, you have to learn financial information that you didn't know about before, balance sheets, Um, gosh, there's so much. Anybody can hand you a million dollars. You can manifest a lotto ticket, or lottery winnings, you can manifest a million dollars, but keeping it, earning a million dollars a year from whatever it is that you do, whether it's from investments, whether it's from real estate, whether it's from you doing a speaking tour, whatever it is, requires a different level of you than the one you are currently. Again, what we think we want and what we actually want usually end up being two different things. So when you're doing this and you're going out there and trying to manifest... I highly encourage you, go ahead, get wild, cut out all those pictures of fantastic looking things, take all those Instagram photos, go down to Walgreens, print them out, blow them up, do whatever you want. But always, 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 leave yourself room for better. That's it. Just leave room for better. All right. So, we're gonna do our two minute brain break. Go ahead and get yourself a little wiggle, get a little stretch, and we will do our two minute brain break. I know I just said that. Oh, see? I'm much more lively when it's earlier in the day. Oh, it's been a struggle. Things I learn, things I learn. Mm-hmm. Also, an aside. When you start looking at situations from a perspective of what can I learn from this, your stress level goes so far down, and your blood pressure with it, because it stops giving you a panic attack. You start thinking, hmm, okay, what can I learn from this? Did I need to learn this? Maybe I'm done with this. Maybe I should move on. Let's see what the next thing is. And you start to enjoy it like it's a game have fun and play okay so go ahead and close your eyes
1: and take a nice long slow deep breath in Let's take another luxurious deep breath in. And let it back out. And just let your awareness settle into the space. And as you're gently focusing and your eyes are softly closed, I wonder if you can imagine as you're sitting softly relaxing. I want you to imagine that you can hear the pitter-patter of raindrops around you. And in your mind, I want you to open your eyes to see that those raindrops is actually money falling from the sky, kind of like how a feather does. Then it falls down. Left to right and back to front, as far as you can see. Down, down comes money pouring over your head, piling at your feet. Go ahead and pick it up. Toss it in the air. Go ahead and roll around. And Grab it up and say, thank you, thank you. Enjoy this moment however you like, but stay in the visualization that the money is literally raining down on your head from the sky. Go ahead and get joyous, excited, relieved, ecstatic, exultant, get happy. feel already? Open your eyes.
0: Alrighty. I love that one. There's a much longer version of it on YouTube, and for the life of me, I can't remember what it was called, but I like that visualization. Literally money pouring down upon your head. really cool what the mind can do isn't it <laughs> all right guys thank you thank you so much for being here thank you for listening thank you for showing up thank you for coming back so tomorrow we will come to never attach to the outcome which is um reinforcing topics that we went over today and i can't wait to go over them with you i'll see you guys tomorrow this is the podcast Sassafras. have a great rest of your night